Settle in to this space and just maybe lightly close the eyes and just be aware of everything that is around us. Sounds of birds, the little crickets in the bush, breathing deeply. We open this sacred container in the name of God, in the name of the divine, the universe. May all the knowledge, wisdom and truth that flows through be clear, be loving and kind. May it resonate with the deepest pools of truth within everyone who listens. We call in our guides and ancestors into this space. We honour them with the opportunity to share our voice to share in the spirit of connection, creation, collaboration. We bless this day with this connection. Take another deep breath in. And exhale. When you're ready to come back to space, please come back. Hills, yeah. I say this at the end of, or at the beginning of every yoga class, I guide them into a similar sort of headspace or guide them into the body just as you have now. And then every time I realize I have to call them back to the space, like when you're ready to come back and inside I'm always like, but I don't want to come back. I want to stay. <laughs> this is such a great space yeah, inside. It is. it is inside, but also outside. Yeah. Being inside when outside. I like that a lot. Being inside when outside. Before we begin, I do want to acknowledge that we are calling and having this conversation from the land of the Darawal people. Um, I want to acknowledge those traditional custodians upon the land of which we are gathered today that this spirit of custodianship is something we can communicate and share in our words as well um, for this earth, this beautiful earth that we get to walk upon and share this connection upon. Yes. Mm. Mm. So, welcome. Welcome to the Guide Nest podcast. Guide Nass. Yes. What guide. a sick name. Thank you. It wasn't um, It wasn't entirely my idea. It was dripped to me in little breadcrumbs from my guides. I was like talking to them and I was like, what am I doing with my life? And they were like, you like guiding? You like being a Ness? Guide Ness? And then guide it all Ness. just kind of came together and I was like, oh, it couldn't be anything else. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Guide Ness. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's all we can do at the end of the day is be a guide. But yes. I'm very, very grateful and privileged to be joined here today by the amazing Lacey White. <laughs> Lacey Lacey, a woman, a queen of many, many things, a goddess in her own right, but also unfurling by the daily. So it is a privilege to be joined here today by you, um, even though we are in a moment of unfurling ourselves. And I know initially we had this discussion where we weren't really entirely sure if we wanted to show up in this space in the first place. So I'm very grateful that you've chosen to be here and you're down for the ride, even though life's taken us for a bit of a ride at the moment. <laughs> Um, but I really love to hear in your words, I guess, what you're coming here today with and I guess your intention for this space, where you would like to go. Hmm. <laughs> Take, your time. Take your time. Interesting question. Because <laughs> because of where I am sitting in myself at the moment, I feel this duality of it's so important to have intent, right? You're like, what's your intention right now? But at the same time, I want to be in flow. So I'm like, I don't have an intent. I'm just here mm -hmm. unofficially, yet officially. <laughs> and I want to stay in the unofficially, Yeah, you know, absolutely. of like, I don't want to control anything. So I'm at this, yeah, like stop and go with, intent sort of mm. because my intent is just to be mm. at the moment because that's all I can really handle Absolutely. perhaps yeah. rather than my intent is to deliver this great big message that's going to inspire the world to heal <laughs> from all your wounds and trauma like that would normally be my intention <laughs> and today my intention is I'm just gonna be myself yeah. <laughs> and if that serves you that's an incredibly valid intention. cheers and if it doesn't Cheers. <laughs> like, I don't know. Vibes, vibes, vibes. <laughs> like if I can't be all that I am right now, which some of is, yeah, some of parts of me are in the mud, mm. so to speak, mm. if how else would we put it, right? Yeah. That seems like an easy way to put it. Yeah. Some parts of me are in the muck and I feel like the world wants us to be shiny and bright. Mm. And I often am shiny and bright, but that's definitely not all of me. Mm. So I'm just in a mucky space, but then not at mm. the same time. Yeah. Like I'm still Absolutely. feeling myself. I made this post on Instagram. Did you see it? It's like the, what's that guy off that, like that killer movie where he's like ur, ur, chasing people. Jason, I think is Jason. his name. Uh, yeah, Off of Halloween? Potentially. Halloween. Tell me you've seen Halloween. I haven't seen it. You're shooting me. So I'm it's a really, horror movie really of a man named Jason <laughs> who wears a ski mask or a hockey mask yeah. and goes around and kills everyone. Slowly, of course. This is true. Because back in the day, like the killers it. were always slowly. So anyway, this is a sick Context. meme. This Context. is a sick meme, okay? <laughs> so the meme is Jason. Is this like a... Um, like an old school horror movie of 
yeah, this lame, awesome killer, this big buff man with mm. a ski mask killing people. So it's Jason dancing to like this awesome music going, doing my shadow work, but still feeling uh, myself. Great, like he's a killer, true. like shedding blood, true. but yet he was like dancing and like twerking a bit going, I'm still true. feeling myself. So true. that's the state I'm in right now. True. We're like, I'm in the muck. My addictions are flaring up. I feel stuck. I feel emotionally mm. unstable and somewhat lost but at the same time I feel like I'm feeling it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling my mess absolutely. hard absolutely hard like owning it hard mm. so that's all I could say yeah thank you for sharing feeling my thank hard you. mess there were so many levels in that <laughs> I appreciated all of the the journey that it took to get here <laughs> um, yeah yeah riding the waves of I keep saying it as an ocean because I feel like it feels like an ocean of emotions um, but surfing is something that I've always wanted to learn how to do and I feel like I'm already currently learning how to do it in my emotions but I just need to get aboard and do it in the actual ocean at some point but so I appreciate the uh, the reference to being in the muck because I feel like I definitely resonate with that at the moment I think that perhaps a lot of people would resonate with feeling in the muck and also with having things like addiction flare because it's something that's so common in in our world today we live in a very addicted world and whether it's food or whether it's alcohol whether it's drugs like whatever it is i think people television yeah. social media i think the word addiction is sort of getting on my nerves mm. because people are only pinning that to substance use mm. like oh cigarettes marijuana alcohol cocaine whatever your substance of choice is it's like it's a relationship you have with it mm. and any relationship can be a toxic source of escapism mm. okay not just the traditional ones yeah these yeah the hardcore ones yeah and yeah. who's to say that they're more hardcore than other ones anyway Absolutely. like that's what i mean by Absolutely. who by whose measure yeah. is one worse than the other mm. and for someone whose addictions could be you know yeah, no, who, uh, whose addictions are, um, but it doesn't even make sense anymore because I'm just going by that traditional standpoint of like, my addictions are nicotine and marijuana, okay, mm. for example. However, what about my addiction to like validation, mm. chasing others for validation? Like, that's an addiction as well, is, yeah. where I'm addicted to like, please validate me, please love me, please tell me I'm okay, please this. Mm. So even verbal communication mm, can be an addiction can be an addiction mm. you know my yeah verbal affirmations and so what is addiction then at the at the bottom if mm. we go let's get off the surface of it what is an addiction mm. immediately what comes to heart is the search for something external to complement what already exists inside us because we don't believe that what's inside is enough I like it, Ness. Yeah. I like it. And then for me, I think what addiction is, is a chasing for feeling. I think as humans, all we want is to feel. Mm. And we're like, what can I do to make me feel? Mm. We want an ex we're chasing an experience that mm. comes from a feeling. Mm. That's it. Mm. 
And I also think consciously or unconsciously, we want to be more in our bodies. We don't even know that. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> Hence, like, like, when you took me in my body, it's like, I don't want to come out. <laughs> so I know I want to be in my body. And certain substances or certain behaviors take me into my body. Mm. And I think sex, I'm not addicted to sex. Um, but I understand it takes me really deep in my body, mm. right? And I know smoking takes me deep into my mm. body. I don't think alcohol takes people into their body, though. Mm. Does it? I don't drink anymore. I think um, it, but it helps numb the body at times. Well, numb well, the that, body. That's the thing as well about this entire addiction thing too, right? Is that I think most of the time we we do want that experience. We want that feeling, that touching of connection, whether that be connection to ourselves or connection to something greater or more divine that can connection. bring meaning yeah. to our lives. Yeah. Um, but in that same breath, I think it's also, <laughs> I think it's also very much about understanding that we have so much pain and so much trauma within us as a collective as well and often that pain and that trauma lives in our body and sometimes it's so scary to open up those different parts like even receiving ourselves in a place where we feel comfortable and we want to be in our bodies it's taken a lot of work to be able to even get here right and yeah, absolutely. sometimes it's work that we forget that we've done because it's just part of us but it is like when you get to a stage where you realize that the pain that you've sustained and that you've experience for so long in your life has gone on for so so long and you just can't do it anymore that's like the the pushing point of addiction where you're like I have a problem and I need to do something about it I reached that point when my body was failing me and when I why was failing my body at the time and I needed to go into my body to understand why it hurt so much and most a lot of a lot of us don't it's scary it's scary work to do I would say so I'm wondering now, is there two lanes? One is you're either looking to get into your body or you actually want to get away from your body. Mm -hmm. I have never had that experience, mm -hmm. but I've worked with some people and shared with some people who they wanted to get away from their body. So mm -hmm. that's where you speak of the numbing. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be in their skin. They don't want to be in their body. Mm -hmm. I've never had that personal experience mm. where I actually have the opposite. I was sitting with my therapist the other day and she would talk and then I would close my eyes and she'd go, where are you going? I'm like, in. Mm. And she's like, okay, what, what happens when you're in? I'm like, well, I'm safe. Yeah. So I actually see my body, my vessel, when I go in there as a safe space. Mm. You can't touch me if I'm in. Mm. That's such a beautiful place to be. I am. Um I really respect that about you because it, it is hard, I think, for me, particularly, I've, I've never really in my life um, experienced a place of complete security in that way. Um, like, I've always been running from it and, you know, disassociation is something that I used from to From being in? Yeah. I always used to disassociate. I, I had a very, very big alcoholic problem for many years, maybe about six years. And it was all about just disassociating myself from the pain of my body and what I experienced in my life because I think traditionally being in my body felt unsafe. Can I ask a question? Yes, please. Because what I hear, what I'm like, okay, if in isn't safe, did that mean like the environment you're in outside of you was better? Because it's like you've only got two options. <laughs> Great. So when I was young, Outside of me, it's not a good time. That was very unsafe. I didn't feel good. Mm. So going in was the only option I had mm. because externally 
it was unsafe for me to be there. Mm. So if I went in, side, I could daydream about anything and create this illusory dream state that mm -hmm. I could be in and play in and be safe in but that came from an internal space because my external space seemed dark and mm -hmm. gloom and ugly and scary mm -hmm. so we only have I think two options mm -hmm. you're either outward seeking shelter or you're inward seeking shelter but I think no matter what you're choosing we're always trying to seek shelter mm -hmm. I was saying to my friend recently I think everyone's just trying to be saved whether you know it or not you're looking mm -hmm. to be saved. Mm -hmm. You're looking to be healed. Yeah. You're looking for a savior. Mm. Please save me. If I get this job, I'll be saved. Or an if escape. I... Yeah, exactly. I think a saved rather than, yeah, I'm, I'm a seeking savior person where I think that again, that there's two lanes, right? There's like, I need to escape or save me, mm. or I need to go in or I need to get out. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. So Absolutely. there's like two lanes. You've already, like, even in just this very brief interaction, you've already birthed a new awareness in me, right? Because your question was very, very prompting. So when I, when I reflect on it and I reflect on how being in the body was unsafe and how the external environment perhaps was also not safe, I think that within me birthed a need to meticulously almost religiously try and control my external environment to the point where it created an exhaustion within me um yeah that's that's the immediate awareness that came to mind i just like it's something that i'm still to this day very much trying to heal is the need to try and micromanage and control everything around me because yeah and i think the the awareness is born when we realize that we are just a master of one that we have the capacity to go within ourselves and create beautiful inner gardens where we can daydream and create spaces of safety and refuge even though our external surfaces and places are caught up and hurt so i appreciate that awareness thank you lacy here she is delivering awarenesses just with simple deep questions always thank you i really really appreciate being prompted in that way yeah yeah can i ask you a question please <laughs> um was being in your body something that you've always been able to experience easily so before it wasn't necessarily in my body, I wasn't aware of the somatic aspect of it um, until now, because a lot of the work I do is somatic related. Um, but as a child, I had that accessibility very early on. This daydream state, I was really aware that I could escape my external reality with daydreaming. Mm. And this is a really, important pillar for my entire life because I've been asked the question how did you get from where you were to where you are mm. and it was from that it was from daydreaming which you know nowadays they call that manifesting mm. but when I was in school or if I was at home and I couldn't either comprehend what the teacher was saying or I wanted to escape what my mother was saying or what was in my external environment if I just went in 
and imagine something else. Like kids are really good at daydreaming. Mm. He's like, what are you, hello, what are you off daydreaming about, right? Like that's what people say. And it's like, oh, I'm off daydreaming about what I want, not what's here. Mm. I'll tell you that, right? Like I don't, I'm not going to accept this reality. I'm going to go inside and create another one. Mm. And then I kept doing that, which wasn't really good because then I never was paying attention in school, which led to, yeah, further problems. Yeah, well, but like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really paying attention because I'm like, I don't understand how to multiply and divide. So I'll get a daydream that I'm off. I don't know what I was daydreaming about when I was a kid, but oftentimes I was, day oftentimes I was just daydreaming about really practical things. Mm. Like really tangible things mm. of how I wished it looked, how I wish I looked, what I was, pl how I was playing with my friends. Like it was all just really practical, and I think I, I just kept that going throughout my life. Mm. And even now, I daydream about what's next. Mm. I daydream about speaking in an auditorium to people. I see that. You know, I I daydreamed about teaching yoga with confidence, or whatever the case may be. I daydreamed about flying off to Australia before I lived in Australia. Mm. I daydreamed about living in Vancouver and what that would be like before I left St. John. So I'm constantly putting it into a visual context before it actually comes outward. And what's beautiful about that is that stems from trying to escape my external, external environment as a young child yeah I was like this sucks I'm going in mm. <laughs> she's smart yeah she's smart. She, yeah we are smart she actually built some very very strong foundations yeah yeah human beings we are smart and I think that's what addiction is it's actually intelligence right like even in a muscular standpoint if like your body will compromise or what am I trying to say compensate for where there's lack mm. so if you're not receiving I guess what you need your body will naturally actually outsource itself mm. as a resource what it, needs, yeah. what it needs whatever you're missing you might not even be able to identify that you'll adjust like automatically mm. oftentimes oftentimes yeah I'm not saying that's absolute mm. um, but I think I've heard a lot of trauma specialists talk about that in kids who have, you know, like they're, they're studying childhood trauma mm. and how ADHD is actually coming from that, mm. um, where the child is trying to recenter themselves and they don't have the resources because their cognition isn't developed enough to resource itself. Mm. So when you're faced with a particular challenge, before your cognition is met, that stage yet then you you don't know how to automatically resource yourself and mm. compensate for what's missing when you're a child you don't have that yet so mm. it's so important yeah yeah you so, can't resource yourself yet you can't talk my therapist said yeah when you probably wanted to first ex escape your environment you didn't even have words mm. Mm. you're just like looking and you probably shut your eyes then too mm. Mm. Just let that land. Mm. Thank you, Ness, for that. Thank you. This is you. You are the yin to my yang. 
<laughs> I've always felt like this this connection has always inspired me to greater heights, whether that's in myself or just in life in general. I feel like the last time we connected at Govinda it was such a different time. It was such yeah. a different time and a different place and I think we were different people as well at the time and it's nice to sort of come back with new awarenesses and also an openness I think to really explore what it is that we have to teach each other in this lifetime whether that be for a short time or a long time who knows mm. but I'm very very grateful for it and I am um, likewise yeah you're bringing to mind yet yeah, just how much I have grown because <laughs> I remember how I looked at Ness before <laughs> is very different to, than how I see Ness now. Yeah, me too. Like my lens is completely different. My lens is different too. My lens is completely yeah. different. And that's literally <laughs> not that long ago. It was, it was a year ago. And it's so different. Like I see the world through different eyes now than yeah. I did a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so grateful for that mm. because I don't know that everyone has that blessing. Mm. They're looking through the same dusty lens for years sometimes. Mm. Well, sometimes, you know, again with the Lifetimes. tools. <laughs> we don't have the tools to be able yeah, to clean don't. the lens sometimes. Yeah. 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 Mm. I feel like I've been in my life where I've been very much stuck in patterns of seeing people in certain ways and judging people in certain ways. And it's really only after I've realized how much it truly hurts me to do so that I, I release the need to do so because it's it hurts to hold for too long. Ah, you know, you're like isn't holding oh, exhausting. Let it go. Like that simple let it go. Like, know, it's like the I biggest know. it's the biggest yeah, the spiritual pop tart yeah. thing of the century, let it go. But it's pop tart. But it's also ancient, mm -hmm. like it's centuries old, let go, non-attachment, mm -hmm. you know, it's literally the statement that coin, that, that's the coin mm -hmm. for me with yoga. Like I remember not knowing anything about yoga, I'm like, okay, I'm going to stretch, this is boring, mm -hmm. what are you on about? And then the first word out of the philosophy that hit me was that non-attachment and it was like a light bulb went off and I'm like, this whole lineage of yoga is talking about non-attachment. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I want to attach to that. Like, okay, Absolutely. how do how do I get on that train <laughs> ride to non-attachment, please? I love that irony. Because I'm clinging. I cling, I cling to everything. I'm like this stone. I have such an attachment to it. Mm -hmm. If it was gone, I'd be devastated. That's true. That's everything. True. This ring, you know, like just I have attachments mm -hmm. to people. To addictions, to substances, to to my morning tea. I'm addicted. I'm attached. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, life is good. Mm. I think I was just sitting in this deep gratitude for you and for this container. Oh, for all of it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm grateful. At least that's something that innately comes to me every day. Gratitude. Mm. You know, some people have to sit up. Like, okay, I have to sit down and do my gratitude prayer. And I'm mm. just like, it's... Girl, I have, yep, I've, I've, been, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there where I'm like 10 things a day, every yes, day for yes. an entire year and a half. 
I don't necessarily sit down to do it anymore. I think it's you do that, that exercise, so that you can memorize the feeling of what it feels to feel gratitude in your heart. Because we're not taught how to experience the, the emotion, the sensation of gratitude. But when I close my eyes and I sit in a place where I literally reflect upon an entire year and a half's worth work of just gratitude, it's like a an uplifting vibration that moves its way through my entire body and then it helps me reach up out through my crown and I think that's what the emotion or the the motion of writing gratitude helps you recognize the emotion and the feeling behind what it is to feel mm. because especially when you're in a position when you're not feeling things or you've disconnected from feeling things it's helpful in reigniting that connection of like an activity connected to a reaction that lives mm. in the body yeah yeah exactly and I mean you I don't put things always as beautiful as you do just like she's writing poetry just with her explanation I, like you write poetry I do I do you but do. when I see it in you I just notice it I'm like wow just everything she says is just this poetic yeah explanation thank you I gratefully receive yeah thank you <laughs> and I'm like okay I'm gonna just put it in like some boring lame interns to me that practice of writing the 10 things etc for a year is raising your awareness mm. so then gratitude you're you're so aware of what there is to be grateful mm. for and then you can call it in and again it's just like manifesting or what we were saying earlier about the daydreaming state it's not enough just to think about what you're grateful for. You have to feel it in your body. Mm. Like you have to have a sensational response. And I don't know where I've got that from. I'm just so grateful. But yeah, like I could look at the sun and be so happy that it's there mm. that I start crying. Mm. So my gratitude evokes such an extreme sensation in my body. Mm. And that's what I mean by everyone's chasing a feeling. And if you can evoke a feeling from a simple thought, shit, you're a sorcerer. Because mm. we, we don't, a lot of people haven't exercised that power. Mm. So they have to look outside themselves. They need you to stimulate them enough so that they feel something so they can go off on that experience of like, <gasps> yeah, these, these neurological chemicals are just like floating around in me and stimulating my cells and my nerves and I feel this euphoric state. But when you can generate that just with a thought, mm. That's what the gratitude is for. So I think, and it's not yet, I just, I wonder how many people are accessing that. Mm. Because it's like one thing to write down, I'm grateful for my children, I'm grateful for the sun, I'm grateful for my food. Have you felt that in your body, mm. sensationally? Because mm. that's when it's medicine. Mm. It's not until your body and your mind are connected with that point of gratitude yeah. that it literally can treat disease mm. in disease I think gratitude can treat disease yeah yeah, 100%. yeah. and joy <sighs> I feel like the simple activity of it is what helps connect the body and the mind and the heart all in synchronicity it's it's powerful to recognize how much power we have in just being able to take small steps towards a greater goal that we wish to achieve in our lives whether that's being our body more experience gratitude more deeply like my step today could be right 10 steps 10 things I'm grateful for yes um, or and I think it's just the power of being able to affirm it in your mind until it becomes true in that's your consciousness exactly. and then you breathe it like it's just 
Eh. That's what I mean. It's a yeah. it's a, it's a process yeah. to take you yeah. to greater awareness, mm. which that if you have heightened awareness of it, it will lead to a feeling mm. eventually. Mm. Whether it's like a it, year like from it. now, a day from now. Super special. It's super important to do those practices yeah. Yeah. to raise your awareness. What is your favorite practice? Movement. Movement. I'm so and when I don't have it, that's what I was saying um, this morning when we arrived, I didn't have a movement practice today mm. and I often can beat myself up. It's less, it's, it's minor, the, the punching I do to myself <laughs> if I don't now because I, because I'm working around of teaching people how to be compassionate for themselves and meet themselves where they really are mm. it's in turn instilling that in me mm. so because I didn't feel I had the energy to run or to do get on my mat and do this practice this morning I'm actually really okay with it but yeah somatics movement mm. whatever form it comes in is my favorite treat to practice every day because mm. it takes me in my body and all the other little side effects that come from that. Feel good, look good. Vibes. 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 I get the highest vibes from movement. Yeah. I get the highest vibes from movement. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. it's literally, actually is raising your vibration because mm. it's moving your prana, it's moving yeah. your energy body. Yeah. And then that raise your raises your frequency. Mm. Without, you, you can't, like there's a no fail option mm. to have a higher vibration from it. So you can't fail. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. And you're literally creating vibrations within your body so that you can raise your vibration as a vibrational frequency of a human that you're here to meet. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's so easy. Like you said, it's non fail. Yeah. Right. Like movement yeah. to me is the easiest yeah. for me. Right. Like mm. our teachers are always telling us, um, or I should say my teachers, are telling me the four things that influence our energy are movement, breath, food, and thought. Mm. I find movement the easiest to control. Yeah. Get up and move every day. Mm. And as I study that in somatic therapy in relation, it doesn't matter what the movement is. I'm realizing that me going for a run can give the same thing to me that someone just doing those tapping exercises can receive. Because this is changing your vibration. Mm. And it's by what? Movement. Mm. Tapping my body, which is creating a movement, which is changing the vibration. Yeah. So move, like dancing, running, asana, on your mat, tapping, just shaking. Like mm. I recognize its power now. It's yeah. in everything. It's a somatic mm. thing. It's not asana's the end all to be all. It's not running, getting the runners high. There's a high mm. of vibration from any movement. And it makes sense, runner's high, high vibe, Yeah. right? You feel a higher vibe after you run, you yeah. hit the certain state, you feel it. Big People time. are feeling that from tapping, from shaking, mm. from dancing. I appreciate that. It's my favorite. I like it, I like it. You're a, a vibrational movement being here to teach other people how to engage with that spirit within themselves that wants to move. <gasps> I should call myself a vibration instructor. Whoa, I appreciate <laughs> Instead that. of a yoga instructor, like I'm it. a vibration instructor. I like it, I like it. Yeah, no, I'm a vibration therapist or something, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's also got like a sensual ring to it as well. Like it's tapping into like, I guess, 
the energy of divine feminine vibration. Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Don't even get me started. Yeah. yeah. Oh, why not? Well, I don't know. It just it took it took my mind uh, yeah. somewhere. Where I was like, I don't know if this is where we want to no. go. Let's, no, there's no limits here. Yeah. yeah no, I'm not setting up many boundaries in this. No. I don't feel that this container no, requires a lot of boundaries. No. I feel very open. Yeah. I feel like it just has flown in such a beautiful way that I just, I'm just enjoying the act of being completely present in this conversation and hearing what it is that you have to share with me and likewise, yeah, enjoying seeing your spirit just enjoy itself as mm. well. That's yeah. powerful stuff. To see your spirit enjoy itself. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. I see your life and I share a deep appreciation for the fact that you've chosen to share it with me and also with this container as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I feel like I have one more question for you. It's like pretty pretty I feel like one that you definitely get your teeth stuck into. As I observe the the beautiful landscape and world around us and I observe this beautiful place that we are so blessed to call home, I guess my my question to you is one, how you've been able to create a beautiful home in the earth around you that helps support and sustain your healing journey, but also two, how you plan on finding that in the outside world as well. So good question. So the first is in relation to the earth, how am I finding, creating a home that supports and sustains and heals you? in the ways that you've shared with me somewhat, but I'd like to learn mm. more about that. Well, this is quite a new concept for me, this relation with the earth. Um, and again, it's in the Niyamas that we should, technically the Niyama says, which for anyone who doesn't know what a Niyama is, it's like a, a, a code of conduct with your internal self. And one of the codes is to surrender yourself to God. Mm. As we all know, not everyone feels aligned with that term or that source, aka God. And for many people, God is not something that's tangible. Mm. It's like, are you there? You know? <laughs> mm. So when I teach the Niyama about surrender to God, um, we'll leave the Sanskrit words out of it. Uh, I teach it that you should surrender to something higher than yourself, mm. bigger than yourself, bigger than human beings. Mm. Because it's not, oh, okay, I, I surrender to another person. I don't want to have a guru, mm. for example, that would be a surrendering to a be another human being who, as far as I'm concerned, has the same things as I do. Yeah. So that doesn't resonate me to surrender to that. But I under I really understand that niyama of surrendering to something that's higher and bigger than you. So what does that look like? Something that will be there after you're gone. Mm. Something that will outlive you mm. and is larger than you. 
in all spectrums. Absolutely. Size, matter, all of it. So for me, just recently, I've been lucky enough to cultivate that with the earth mm. for the first time, yeah. acknowledging that there is an earth, mm. just stomping around up here on her body. Mm. And it's this is a relationship that's growing slowly, which is not usually how I run in relationships. Yeah. Normally I'm like, I love you, let's get married. Yeah. <laughs> Don't leave me ever. Yeah. So I do have that. And that's the beautiful thing. And that's what's happening with me in the earth is I'm recognizing she, she will not leave me. Mm. I have a lot of abandonment issues or scars. Mm. I want, they're not issues. I want to take that back mm. and reframe that. Scars, wounds, healings. There's some Both. impressions. Oh. that are tender <laughs> they're not issues they're not problems they're parts of me mm. that is seeking safety in relationships and mm. i have a layer in my body of not feeling safe in all re in relationships in any of them mm. i don't really a part of me this is so hard for me to say out loud mm. because as someone who wants to influence people um, back to wholeness and back to love, I actually, a big part of me is wounded to the point where I don't believe in unconditional love. Mm. I've never experienced it mm. as far as I can realize at this state in my consciousness. So because I don't believe that there's unconditional love, that means at any moment, Ness, you might not love me mm. and you might leave. If I say something or look a certain way, or don't say something, mm. or don't look a certain way, you'll leave me. Mm. This is an innate fear I have. Mm. So, all that to come back to your question of, <laughs> I realize when you surrender to something bigger, there's a greater sense of permanence. Mm. And most of our suffering comes from impermanence. Mm. This relationship isn't permanent, this body isn't permanent. Your love for me may not be permanent. But with the earth, I think it's safe to say that this can be a permanent relationship till the day I die. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's not asking anything of me and she's alive. Mm. This can't be disputed, mm. right? Where the God context, there's all this, let's dispute whether there's God. I don't want to get into it, but we know that that can be disputed. Yeah. We cannot dispute that the earth is here. She has a feminine energy and she's alive. Mm. And if she's alive, she's growing. So we know she's alive. And therefore, I feel that there can be reciprocation as well. Mm. Like, I feel that if she's feeding me with her growth, that she loves me. Mm. And she's not asking anything in return. And she's everywhere, no matter where I go in the world. I have this also, yeah, through abandonment and attachment issues. They're not issues. <laughs> we love them. <laughs> I love them, these parts of me. But I even have this sense of clinging to Australia. I don't want to leave Australia. Mm. I need this place. This is where I can't be as Anywhere beautiful else. and whole as I am if I'm here. I know that that's an all, all in an illusion. But what's comforting is that I know the earth is on the other side of the world Absolutely. too. My mother is there too. Mm. So I'm trying to strengthen that relationship in a really gradual, slow, organic way. Mm. And I've laid on her. I've put my heart on her, I've laid my back on her and said, please hold me because I don't feel held anywhere else. Mm. So this is, like I said, a new relationship, one I'm going to nurture naturally and yeah. not forcefully. Beautiful. And again, that's new for me because yeah. <laughs> these human relationships, I want to force them. Mm. Even when you were going to the toilet, remember, I was like, don't go, Ness, <laughs> don't go. I'm not going to see you in two seconds. <laughs> I'm like, don't let me come with you. 
<laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So I don't have to have that with the earth because yeah. she's over there and she's over there and she's here. Yeah. It's the best one I can come up with that mm. I should surrender and be at her mercy. Yeah. I can't be at the mercy of Ness because she might leave. Mm. I can't be at the mercy of my partner because he might leave. I can't be at the mercy of my parents because they might leave. Yeah. That's my that's my truth. Yeah. Even my own mother and father have at times not been there to hold me. And this is not a dig at them. This is just a reality that I experience as a human being is that all humans won't always be there to love me and hold me when I need them to be. And God sometimes isn't reachable. I can't touch it. I'm like, can you touch me back? So as much as I believe that there's a higher source and today in this state of consciousness, I give that name God. I, that relationship still isn't strong enough that I'm feeling it always touching me back. Mm. I do sometimes, it's fleeting, it's it's subtle. Yeah. I need a more like tangible touch. Tangible, like dense. I need density mm. in my relationships. In Earth, it's like yesterday. And because it's a new relationship, I'm not running back to her as quickly as I should. It should literally be my go-to, but it's coming. Where yesterday I didn't feel in my body because I have all this mucus and congestion and all these things that were going on emotionally. And then finally I went and laid on the ground. I laid on the earth. I don't even like saying ground anymore because I feel like it's undermining her. Mm. I laid on the earth and I felt held. Mm. So I'm hoping that that new awareness is just going to come with me mm. when I leave here. And the reality is, is I've never felt home anywhere. Mm. I've never felt safe anywhere. So even if I'm not in Govinda Valley, that is coming with me anyway. Mm. Mm. So. I bless that. Thank you for sharing that. So many layers in that. It's a bit long, wasn't no, it? No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to, to witness, I guess, a budding relationship that you are beginning. And it's, it's I think, one that she is very grateful for. I think, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm very blessed in that my mother is an Earth woman, an Earth mm. being. So she shared that love with me from a very young age. And I feel, I feel like... There is a certain wisdom to being able to find it later in life because it makes it that much more precious as well at times when you are able to, one, realize how important it is and how could I have lived my life for so long without this? And then also be able to share that budding relationship and what it means to cultivate that relationship in your later years with people for example who have never had a connection with the earth before mm. because it's such a vital force it's it's a it's a force of prana when we look at like prem says as well one of our teachers says as well like when we look at green it gives us prana when we look at green green like green leaves green forests we receive prana from the senses especially mm. when we're in nature um and I think so much of our world is focused upon removing ourselves <sighs> from the natural world and creating sanitized environments where we don't fuck with bugs. It's so scary. It is quite scary. I, I try not to sit with that concept a lot. This is true. But I think it is an important uh, context so of awareness important. in what a lot of people do when they struggle with the connection with earth right because we're so used to just having these clean sanitized environments it's over domestication is mm. what i see and i was really huge for that like my feet i'm a bit 
I don't know what the word is, but I don't like to be dirty. Mm. <laughs> I like wash, I do dishes. Cleanliness. Yeah, it's really high in my priority list. So I even like wash dishes. I would never wash dishes without my gloves on. I would never clean or put products on my hands. The cleaning products would never touch my hands, okay? Mm. So I have this heightened sense of, yeah, domestication and like, oh, some of it's a bit just bougie of like, I don't want to wreck my nails, but also I just don't enjoy the solutions. Anyways. Circling around and Circle back. Circle back now, Lacey. I wouldn't want to touch the ground and get my feet dirty mm. for a long mm. time. I called it dirt. Yeah. And again, I had to completely reframe and come back to knowing that's not dirt. Mm. That's earth. Mm. You're calling the earth dirt. It's not what dirt is, mm. actually. Mm. But we have been conditioned to say it that way. That's exactly. why we would never walk around barefoot. I mm. remember seeing people barefoot and being like, ew, they're disgusting. Mm. Like they should put their shoes on. Gross. Mm. They're dirty feet. Mm. They're going to get rough, callousy feet. Yeah. Like, you know, I just, it was beautiful to see me break down that mm. barrier that was standing in between me and the earth. Yeah. It and was like, a literal barrier. It was shoes. a barrier. It's a huge barrier. So. I realized that and then again because I'm very majestic I went on this big kick where I refused to wear shoes. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't serve me well either. Literally went on, literally went on a hike <laughs> with a friend down to the figure eight pools and said, I don't need to wear shoes. I haven't worn shoes in three weeks. I just don't wear shoes. Yeah, okay, in Govinda Valley where right it's fine. Oh, grass. <laughs> oh my god, bro. Went on a hike like an idiot. And my friend's like Lacey, I think you should bring them in your bag just in case. I'm like, no, no, I'm one with the earth. I don't, I don't need my shoes. Didn't realize that they have metal platforms, hot beaming metal platforms. I'm in such agony. <laughs> it was like, like, I love the earth. I'm an idiot, but I wasn't on the earth. No, it wasn't, it was metal. There was metal walkways like for a really long distance and I was barefoot like an idiot. And I'm like, okay, I don't need to, yeah, show I like honor to the earth this way. Mm, mm. <laughs> Anyways, practicing discernment and, <laughs> and a sattvic approach, a sattvic <laughs> balanced approach towards our relationship with the earth <sighs> is vital. <sighs> like oh. I said, when I find relationships, I really just want to run at them. Yeah, like, and that's another example of yeah how. Yeah, I found this relationship with Earth, and I'm like, I'm just gonna run at you and be obsessed with you and connect with you all day, every day. Absolutely. You're the love of my life. Yeah. This is how I am. Yeah. I this think is it's how important. I am. It's important to show up exactly as you are. Because if you're not, right. what are you doing? I don't want to. Yeah. I don't know how to even do that anyway. Yeah. I, that's one of the things that I appreciate about you so much. I is don't that even you know just, how. Regardless of where you're at, you're just where you are at. Yeah. yeah. And. I don't know how otherwise, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I am beautiful. grateful for that attribute. Because, yeah. yeah, what you see is what you fucking get. Yeah. <laughs> this is Lacey White, motherfuckers. I don't know if you're going to like it, but this is what's here. At least, you're, at least you're not being confused. Again, mm. this comes back. We had a conversation earlier about truth mm. and how that's literally quite high on my list of values and priorities within myself and what I expect from others, but yeah, what's the point if it's not truth? Mm. What's the point? Mm. You like me and it's not me? Mm. Then who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who cares? Well, I think that's something that I found that I really 
I very much bathe in and I bask in in this community and this communal context that you have been very instrumental in creating as well um, is that I feel that the level of connection that exists here I feel doesn't really exist in any known other space that I'm aware of. Uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Please let us know. If you, if you know, let us know. Where there's, what, a container of honesty and safety? Yeah. Yeah, where you can show up fully in just your mess and be loved for it, irregardless. You're almost admired for it, really. <laughs> Lazy's such a mess, isn't that great? Uh, I love I, it. I don't know, I, I'm starting to see it that way. Like yeah. I said, I, I feel a bit in the muck mm. at the moment. Small patterns maybe have come up, but I'm like, oh, I wish those patterns weren't there. Or some relationships aren't running smoothly or whatever can attest to my muck. I'm like liking it. Mm. How am I enjoying my mess? You know, like enjoying my mess. Mm. And it's like, that's a superpower. It is, it is. Because I, I think it's also when you reach a certain point in the journey when you're like, regardless of whatever happens right now, I could choose this, I could, I could choose this. It's still going to be a beautiful fucking journey. So beautiful. Yeah. And I love what a teacher said to me. Someone asked the question, because we think about consciousness, they're saying, we're saying consciousness is something that we need to raise. We need to raise our consciousness, expand, raise, mm -hmm. grow consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. Then someone asked the question to the teacher, once my consciousness expands or levels up, mm. can it drop back down? Mm. What do you think the answer is, Ness? I think that we can experience dips, but we're never dropping to a point that we were in the past. He said it never goes down. Yeah. And I believe that. Mm. That doesn't mean you're, it's not about positivity. It's mm. not about mindset. Consciousness is not about mindset. Because mm. I could have a negative mindset today. Mm. Nothing's working out. My life sucks. And then tomorrow I'm like, everything's okay. It doesn't matter. So your mindset can change. Consciousness is something very different. Mm. And once it expands, no, I believe you cannot go back. Mm. Cannot go back. You can't untake the pill. You can't untake the pill. You mm. can't like puke it up and forget nope. what you've learned. Nope. And this is, I, I'm now having that experience that that's truth. They mm. asked my teacher that and I couldn't wait to hear the answer. I'm like, yeah, when my consciousness does expand, will it go back? Mm. I was so excited to hear his answer. But not until you experience it, mm. is, does that answer even matter? It's that's just true. something for me to put in the back of my mind for this moment when I'm having that experience of I'm can confidently say I'm working on raising my consciousness and expanding my consciousness and I'm watching it expand mm. and I'm watching it not dip back down even when my mindset dips mm. or my external reality is dipping and not looking shiny and pretty as mm. it looked yesterday or six months ago Sweet. my consciousness is still perceiving it all in its new frame yeah Absolutely. That's what's allowing me to like dance in my muck. I'm like, yeah, yeah, my muckiness is I awesome. I can't go backwards. I'm only going forwards and upwards and over the hills and over the rainbows. It's my life and my name's Lacey White and I'm thriving and I'm flying and I'm doing the best that I can with this life. It hey. is so enough. <laughs> so enough as it is. I wrote one of the most powerful statements that mean something to me mm. which is our constant yearning for more is disturbing our innate essence of being enough.
I love that those are my words and it's so true for me. Let that sink in. Your constant yearning for more can disturb your innate essence of just being and having enough. Mm. That's beautiful. I don't feel like in this present moment. Are you kidding? Um, yeah, it just, it honestly is yeah, so sick when those things happen. But yes, I thought we could just say thank you for being here. Thank you to all our guides and ancestors for being present with us. Thank you for the spirit of the cosmos for being here. I just want to thank you. I'm just, sometimes I'm like, fuck everybody else. Fuck <laughs> the universe and the ancestors. Let's just thank Ness. Yeah, thank, thank stuff. Let's thanks. just thank Ness. Thanks. You bring so much to Govinda. And I'm so grateful that we had this, like, second opportunity to mm. be in each other's lives. Me too. You know, like, really grateful. Deeply, deeply. Yeah, and it even keeps going. Just keeps growing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like quickly, kind of as well. Yeah, hyperspeed. We're in yeah, hyperspeed, a little baby. bit, a little bit. And then my little ego sometimes. I'll tell you something vulnerable and personal on the topic of you. And I have this with everyone. Again, I don't trust anyone, right? I don't believe in unconditional love. It's like when I feel this connection, the wounded me goes. She has that with everybody. I felt that about Tara, you know, she touches and hugs everyone. It lessens it for me mm. to see her do it to everyone. I'm mm. like, she just does that for everyone. It has nothing to do with your connection with her. That's offered to everyone. Mm. Sometimes it makes me feel something. Mm. That isn't true. It's just a little wounded girl going, what about me? Yeah, where I'm like, okay, I have something, and that's what Shade is doing. And then I'm not even honoring it in her. We have to honor it in ourselves first. I'm not even honoring that in her, where she's like, but wait, we were doing something special, but now you're doing that with everyone, so ours isn't special. But it is. It yeah, is. it is. This connection between Ness and Lacey is not like a connection between Lacey and Tara, or right. yeah, exactly. Tara and Ness, or yeah. Shada and Lacey. This is my attachment. It's so beautiful, mm. and I think it's when we affirm how unique each co-creative opportunity is. Mm. This is a moment in time that can never be recreated, even if we tried with the exact same conditions. Yes, yeah, The true. day will never be the same. Yeah. Our emotions, our feelings, the yeah. earth will never be the same. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part about mm. it. And that's mm. the beautiful part about each of us as well. But I see that version of you and I honor her. Mm. And I thank you for showing you her to me. <laughs> I think she lives in me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where I'm like, Motherfucker, you've been saying no shit to me too. Yeah, you, thought you love me. What are you saying? You love me. You love everybody. You don't love me. You love everybody. Get out of here. You don't love me. You're saying that to everyone, aren't you? I'm always like looking at people. You say that to everyone. Uh, I ain't special. Stop trying to pretend I'm special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel that. I feel yeah. That. I'm also very grateful for this opportunity yeah. to re meet you from a place of having met more parts of myself. Likewise. Yes. Met more parts, healed more parts, or I've healed a lot in the last year. Indeed. I've healed a lot of things and I can't go back, which is like I like I said. No my backwards. consciousness. Mm -hmm.